The final frontier begins. This is about saving the future of humanity. This is a huge victory for the good guys. You've never seen Voyager. Commitment to this course of action is not emotional. Study. Beam us up. Welcome to Beam Me Up, a Star Trek podcast. I am Brent Allen, and this is a very special supplemental episode, which means that it's just me. As usual with these supplemental episodes, Matt is not here. In fact, I always say Matt is not allowed to listen, and probably my favorite thing I ever get to do on this podcast, Matt, if you are listening, shoo, go away. You're not allowed to be here. If anybody else is doing a first-time watch along with Matt, I can't force you to not listen to this, but I would recommend you turn this one off and come back to it later because this is going to be a great episode and great discussion because this episode will be filled with all kinds of spoilers about the upcoming episodes that we're getting ready to watch here on Beam Me Up. Now, for those of you that have been following around since the beginning, you know that our mission here at Beam Me Up is to take a Trek newbie and bring them into to beam them up into the Star Trek fandom. And we do that by introducing them to the universe of Star Trek. But the question is, how do you condense over 800 plus hours of Star Trek material into a manageable 150, 175-ish, a regular seven season run type of a series? And still give your Trek newbie a relatively complete understanding of what Star Trek is really all about. You guys know what I'm talking about. The Roddenberry vision of the future, the hope, the message that is Star Trek. Also, just the story, the the story that Star Trek is trying to tell us about what happens in the future. So with that said, it has fallen on my shoulders not just to pick out the good episodes, but the episodes that fit within the mission of this podcast, which means I often have to be quite judicious with which episodes that I choose for Matt and which ones I let go. It also means that sometimes my favorite episodes or storylines and your alls too based on your feedback sometimes have to get left to the side while we spend our limited time focusing on others that you might go why the heck would you include include that one i've really gotten to love these shows though guys because the nature of this podcast is that every episode really is just me and matt but with episodes like these the charting the course episodes when matt isn't here i get the chance to branch out and invite someone new onto the show and usually i'm just meeting those people for the very first first time while doing this show and that's one of the great things about podcasting is you get to meet new friends and they're immediate friends because of this shared fandom it's like you guys know when you go to a convention you've never met any of those people there before but they're like 500 of your best friends or if you go to stlv 5,000 of your new best friends and you're all together on one thing because you have this shared fandom that's a lot of what this is like So with that, guys, I'm very, very pleased to introduce my guest for this episode, who's going to be a sounding board and advice giver from the Starfleet Leadership Academy, Jeff Aiken. Jeff, welcome to Beam Me Up, and thanks in advance for what you're about to endure. Brent, it's a real pleasure to be here. I'm a fan of your show, and I've got a whole whole plate full of garbage to feed Matt. I think we're just going to go, we're going to go opposite on here and give him all the bad stuff. Yeah. How's that sound? Hey, yeah, listen, not? listen, as long as it, as long as it, you know, talks to the message, the vision of the future that, that deep space nine is completely destroying at this point in the series run. And, uh, you know, it, 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 uh, tells that story of the future, good or bad. You gotta, you gotta let that one go. Well, I think it's about light, right? It depends on what light you shine on a thing. This is sure. still Roddenberry vision of the future just mm-hmm. with a, a much darker 
much darker. Right. Right. I think Iris Stephen Bear would be like, hey, everything's still great back on Earth. It's just we're way out here where things may not be so great. But yeah, I mean, it it should be fun, but hopefully there'll be like a good episode here. I'll I'll say this. I have often been surprised at like how I'll go into a show and be like, I can't wait for this episode. It's such a good episode. And Matt's like, meh. I'm like, what are you saying? And I'll be like, yeah, it's an episode. We don't have much to talk about. And Matt's like, oh, I love this episode. This is amazing. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, you don't understand. There are rules, man. There are rules. There are episodes you have to love, right? I mean, I think you guys did The Visitor some time ago, and it's like, how how were you not just a blubbering mess watching that? Oh, yeah. Oh, when we did City on the Edge of Forever, that was probably the first one that we came across that like was in that bill. Like City on the Edge of Forever from TOS is often hailed as like the best Star Trek episode of all time. I don't necessarily agree with that. I'd put it up there, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's the best. I think Star Trek has had other best episodes. I don't even think it's the best TOS episode. For me, that's Balance of Terror. That's just yes. my opinion. Totally by the way, totally. by the way, plug for your show, your episode on Balance of Terror. It's fantastic. Like, Thank like you. go it's it's amazing. You guys go go listen. Uh with that, Jeff. Give us a little preview. Tell me about, tell the folks out there about your show and what you're doing over there. What I love about this is we're, it's about nerds, right? And I mean, if you want to talk nerd, I'm going to go, I'm going to go where no man, no one has gone before here. Mm. So Starfleet Leadership Academy, it's leadership development through the lens of Star Trek. So how often are you at work or in a meeting or doing something and just thinking to myself, my gosh, this person needs to learn just basic leadership skills. I found out a long time ago that those skills are right in front of us in the 800 plus episodes in the movies of Star Trek. Mm Mm-hmm. So I take a random episode every other week, watch it, I pull out, I extract all those leadership lessons, the management, the communication, Lean Six Sigma, just Mm -hmm. all that real great stuff. And then I, then I explain it, walk you through the episode, pull pieces out. And I'm like, Hey, so this thing here that Dr. Pulaski talked about, because here's the thing, Pulaski's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Here's this thing Dr. Pulaski talked about that is so great. Mm -hmm. She teaches us the value of failure and why that's a necessary thing. And so instead of just talking about, you know, Oh, well, data likes Sherlock Holmes. We talk about him facing Moriarty in an Mm -hmm. unwinnable situation and what that teaches him. So that's kind of the Starfleet Leadership Academy. I'll be interested to see where you go. So as we record this, we're in the break between Discovery season three and season four. Saru, so far in Discovery, and I know you've had a couple episodes on him or maybe just at least one. Saru has had some phenomenal leadership moments that just show like, yes, this man should be the captain. Burnham, on the other hand, and you guys need to understand, I'm a fan of discovery i'm a fan of burnham and i love her as the lead of the show i want to put that right out there her a spoiler alert three two turn it off if you haven't seen it yet three two one when burnham becomes captain at the end of season three my first thought was but saru's a better leader and i understand why he's stepping down and why they're giving it to burnham i fully understand that and i i am for sonequa martin green taking this 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 helm but i'm curious to see where they're going to go with this character because what she to me let me just ask you to me i don't know that she has shown those same leadership qualities that i'm sure she'll learn but i don't think she's shown them as yet as what we've seen with saru especially given the mentorship that she's had so giorgio prime giorgio who we were robbed of uh what i say minute minute for minute the greatest captain in star trek but we got her for like 18 minutes so you know what worth but she had her then working under captain pike who oh my god yeah. so good I oh anson mount's captain pike 
Oh, oh my gosh. So uh, there's good. a re there's a reason. Uh, Anson Mount is the reason that all those other people at Strange New Worlds has a job. Period. Because of him. Yeah, no yeah. No argument. <laughs> yeah. But she's had these incredible mentors. And in fact, in the season one episode, Choose Your Pain, mm-hmm. Saru actually tells Burnham, he's like, you know, I'm so jealous because you had all this time with Giorgio and stuff. And it's like, dude, she she squandered it because she she's emotional. She she doesn't look to highlight others. She wants to be the hero. She puts mm-hmm. herself out. And she doesn't put herself out in front like Kirk or Archer do in a way that helps the team. She does it in a way that's self-serving. But but here's my hot take. Uh-huh. I don't think I don't think Saru is captain material. Really? I think that yeah. So I think Saru has a he's got a great arc. He yeah. grows tremendously. Uh the way I'm watching Discovery, every other episode of Star Trek I take randomly. So I'll do like mm-hmm. season four of DS9 and then season two of TOS, mm-hmm. whatever. But Discovery I'm doing in order because yeah, yeah. it's too too confusing otherwise. Right. But so I'm still in season one, but Saru Saru is awful. As, as a leader in, in there. I mean, he just, he, in, in Choose Your Pain, mm-hmm. you know, Culver's telling him, hey, the, the Tardigrade Ripper's a sentient being. It's got consciousness. And he literally sticks his hand in Culver's face as he's talking. He's like, no, do this and do it now. And it's like, dude, like, whoa. I don't he, remember that. Oh, <laughs> it's all, yeah. Well, I think oh, wow. Saru is such a great character. He's such an amazing and deep character. And what yeah. they do with him is that we forgive those things. And so that's that's where I come in, right? With the, yeah. with the Starfleet Leadership Academy. I'm going to put that critical eye mm. on there. And really, spoiler alert again, give you guys a moment. Mm-hmm. Nope. Skip. When he names Tilly first officer, yeah. he should have been fired right there. I mean, it's, I love Tilly. Tilly's great. Yeah. But, so. Little thing about Jeff, I served on a nuclear submarine. I'm a vet, did that whole thing. And first officer, like there's a real job associated with that. Yeah. that you have to learn yeah. how to do. She's still learning how to just be a functional member of the crew at that point. Yeah, because she's uh, still an ensign, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Which, I mean, and rank, rank, rank is rank, you know, yeah. whatever. It's a thing, but it's just straight up experience. In fact, in the next generation episode, Lower Decks, uh-huh. we get a real glimpse, you know, as Riker's doing the performance reviews and the, the assignments assignments for the for the the lower decks folks you're you're meaning the next generation episode lower decks not the series lower decks i just want to make sure clear yeah super confusing now right yeah but but yeah it's a real job and you like how do you assess someone's performance when you're a scientist that has never led people and doesn't know anything about management and much like burnham reacts in wildly emotional ways to yeah i don't know i'm i'm excited to see where Mm -hmm. they take discovery here. But so far I I feel like the third season was lacking dramatically in real leadership on discovery in in leadership stuff. Oh, on discovery. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Cause there's, there's some great moments and I, this is not the Starfleet leadership. There's some great moments that Saru like absent Burnham Burnham because Mm -hmm. Burnham was gone for the vast majority. uh, She was off discovery for the vast majority of the show. Um, there were some things that Saru did of trying to rally his team together and keep and keep this team functioning. And when Starfleet and Discovery were having these issues, he was able to lead his crew, but also try to integrate with what Starfleet was and walk that line. Whereas Burnham didn't. Burnham was like, screw y'all. I'm going to do whatever I want anyway. And Tilly was kind of, oh, she didn't know what she was going to do. So, it, yeah. it I, I mean, I could see I, definitely when he promoted Tilly, I was like, I get it for the dramatic reasons. I get why they would write it this way. There, I mean, that that'd be like like Chicote. Something happening to Chicote, and Janeway's like, okay, not even Harry Kim. Okay, Ensign Wildman. Yeah, you're the new. 
Let's make Naomi the first might as, officer. Might as well. And meanwhile, you've got Tuvok right there, and you've got Paris right there, and you've got Ensign Harry Kim, who's yet to get a promotion. Um, which is really funny because Garrett Wong, you know, he talked about that for a long time, and now like everything I hear, he's like, okay, we can stop talking about that now. Right? He's like, stop. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, he's, he's like, okay, we're done. Anyway, but yeah, I think Saru, to wrap up the discovery discussion, yeah. like Saru in, in season three, he's an incredible cheerleader. Yeah, he's a great hype man, right? Yeah, and that's and you need that as as a leader, especially of a big organization, to have that mm-hmm. person to come out and be like, hey, this stuff's great. We can do it. We aspire to greatness. We are Starfleet and all that. He, oh my gosh, his speeches yeah. are next level but speeches do not make a leader and i think that's where again i think discovery does a great job Mm -hmm. in painting the dramatic pictures that kind of pull us in and let us forgive uh just those shortcomings from and and not that they're writing this for me right they're not writing this to leadership show but yeah see now now i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch discovery through a leadership eye because all of it all confession i say i've seen every episode 47 times i've not seen discovery 47 times in fact i've only ever actually i've watched season two twice i've only watched the other two once so i'll be interested to go back and do a rewatch of the series with that eye we you know with with a with an eye towards the leadership side and and maybe we'll pick up this discussion on another on another episode but we're not here to talk about discovery or picard or saru we're here to talk about deep space nine season five we are rolling right along it seems to me like just yesterday we started season one of deep space nine we were still in season five i felt like of of next generation we just started season six and uh man we're we're moving right along dominion war is about to really kick into high gear and jeff there's there's a lot of really good episodes in this season a lot but we've got to be judicious as we as we go through and really ask that we got to put that comb that that leadership comb and do the good work of going okay does this really is it really essential to understanding what's going on now for me and i'll let you set kind of the parameters i know you haven't been in this as deep as i have but mine has kind of been does it affect that last 10 episode arc of deep space nine you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh like what like one of the episodes in season four that we had decided to do was hard time the it's the ultimate o'brien must suffer we haven't had an o'brien must suffer episode on the show you kind of like it's a thing people talk about so let's show you the one episode and move on and as i got into it i went but this has nothing to do with the rest of the show it has nothing to do with that but there is this other episode we left i think on extra viewing and i said this one actually matters the episode accession which is where cisco finally accepts the role of emissary and by the way we haven't heard the whole thing with the prophets and the emissary for a while so we've got to remind ourselves of that that matters moving forward so actually i flip-flopped them in the middle of the season and went no we're gonna switch these uh but we just have to be judicious about where we go so that doesn't mean that we can't get some fun ones in there if they warrant it because you know we watched the gorn episode back in tos just because you're gonna see the gorn everywhere yeah it's star trek yeah that that is star trek it's on bill and ted's this journey right like exactly yeah. exactly i saw i saw a new thing today that was they're they're re-releasing some tos uh action figures they're like doing some updates and it was spot kirk and the gorn there you go yeah <laughs> uh, you, you gotta watch the gorn it, it's that much of a, of a deal so here's what we'll do uh we'll go episode by episode i've got a short description i'll read uh i'm pulling this off of possibly wikipedia's description because netflix <laughs> is horrible and imdb's is not or much awesome. better or, or netflix is awesome it's really a point of view kind of thing right right <laughs> right right it just 
so bad it makes you cringe and, and turns awesome. Uh, kind of like that dog that's so ugly it turns cute. Exactly. Could, could be yeah. like that. Um, so we'll we'll go through this. I'll read the description. We'll discuss it, and we'll kind of move on and decide. Watch extra viewing or skip uh, with, with where they go. I've got my – I've done my homework. I know you have too. I've got my preliminary spot, but nothing sacred, so I can move it up or down. So uh, if you're – What's that? I literally launched into this thinking to myself, 100% of these are essential. Like, this is season five of Deep Space Nine. There's no way. And then I watched through some and looked at it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, maybe not. But here's the deal. Here's my little gatekeeper. Uh, Not that we want to be gatekeepers, right? But here's Mm -hmm. my gatekeeper comment. Star Trek, okay, our dirty little secret in Star Trek. There are some pretty bad episodes of Star Trek, right? I said that quiet. Nobody can hear me say that, but Mm -hmm. it's true. But you know what? We watched those. Uh (laughs) We we sat through those, right. you know, right? And uh, up the long ladder on the next generation. I mean, oh my gosh, I powered through those. That's why I'm a Trekkie because I made right. it through that. Right. Okay, I'm done gatekeeping. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt's skipping all of that. It's like you're not a real Trekkie if you haven't watched. Name any of them. Yeah, I, I put them out of my. What's your opinion on Code of Honor? You oh, don't have my. an opinion. You're not a Trekkie. Right, right. <laughs> Code of Honor. I don't remember that episode. Ugh. Yeah. You shouldn't remember that episode, by the way. Right, right. It's, a, it's healthier to not. <laughs> what? You don't know every episode by its title alone and its season that number got, and episode number? What? Yeah. That got me walking into this. I was so shocked at myself that, like, how come the, I, I'm a Deep Space Nine guy? That, yeah. This is my series. Yeah. And I'm like, how do I just immediately know this from the title? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, because the title's up for four seconds and then the actual good stuff happens. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. Nobody actually knew titles of episodes until, like, Netflix. Yeah. You just, even, even when you were watching this show live, you didn't notice the title. You didn't pay too much attention to that. You know, yeah, like it's you the didn't green hand episode. Uh-huh. It's the one with the green hand. It's the one with Apollo. It's that one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, with that, we'll, we'll run through these and uh, we'll, we'll see where we land. Uh, so with that, let's start off at the very top of the season. Apocalypse Rising. Now I didn't do this. I got to back this one up, I think, because I didn't do this last time I did this with the reopening the wormhole guys for season four. This is a two-parter for Broken Link, which is the season finale of 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 uh season four so broken link and apocalypse rising to me are, are going to be in and they're going to be smushed together as a single episode because that i'm sorry jeff if i didn't explain that we will put together arcs as one episode and we even had like we did uh indiscretion and return to grace which was the the two gold to episodes from season four i smushed them together and made them one episode because it told a complete story we'll we'll do that if we need to so anyway broken link apocalypse rising apocalypse rising Cisco and the crew have to masquerade as Klingons expose a changeling who's incited a war between the Federation and the Klingon Empire. Oh, me, oh, my. It's terrifying. Yes. And And it's awesome. Yeah. And this, Brent, this is the definition of uh, must watch. Yeah. I think, like, this is it. You you cannot not watch this, period. Well, but here's what I say. Like, you talk about Broken Link and then coming together. I actually, on watching these again, I thought that these might almost turn into a three-parter with this one in Purgatory's shadow and in by Inferno's light, right? Because you get the whole, like, like we're, we're, we've already been dropping spoilers. It's just like, sure. it, God, it's nine so great, but it's like, oh, Martog's a changeling. Right. But that paid off, you know, down here further. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I kind of saw those three, like, but I also think this totally stands on its own as just an incredible episode. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's there. And I mean, the, the crux of this whole thing, Odo loses his changeling powers in this, and he's got to figure out what that looks like. Um, and we're getting to the end of the Klingon war. Now we haven't been tracking the Klingon war very much at all through 
through season four. Like to the point, like Matt told me the other day, he's like, so there was that episode where Worf came on the show and then we haven't seen him at all. Or he's had like one or two lines and that's been it. And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Yep. Stuff's happening. He has episodes, but we're skipping those. So, but it'll come back. Yeah, but this, I, I liked this episode though, because the, the whole Klingon thing was mm -hmm. that's the magic of television, right? Where you've got somebody else telling you, you know, some executive, some suit mm -hmm. coming in and telling you what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. That Klingon stuff was never supposed to happen. No. But this was a way, I think, where they came in like, hey, we did the Klingon thing. You're happy. Yeah. But guess what? We're actually going to make this awesome. And yeah. we're going to make this tie into the greater Dominion thing. We're going to make these changelings even more of a threat than people thought they were in the first place. And I love, I love just the misdirection through this episode. The fact, I mean, the whole time it's, it's Chris, it's crystal clear. It's Gowron. They're like, mm -hmm. of course it's Gowron until right. it's not. Right. Right. Oh, so good. And it, you know, where they leaves, he leaves you, you know, oh, I saw Gowron, Gowron's the changeling. And then yeah. not at all. Yeah, no. And it was and like, it was deep, right? It wasn't just like, Oh, is the change. No, this, this was planned. This was intentional. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, there were, there were the givings in, in the second season really where the dominion were planning an invasion, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. from the minute a wormhole opened, they're like, Oh, new land, let's go get it. And then like, this is that thing where they're like, yeah, we planted seeds way back and sure. you've been fighting this war over here. Oh yeah. And it all comes together in a, in apocalypse rising. So nice. good. So good. So good. All right. So we'll put that one on the watch list because it was never not going to be uh, moving on. Episode two, the ship upon finding a crashed Jim Hadar warship, Cisco and a Vorta spar over control of the vessel and learn that their mutual mistrust has mortal consequences. Dum, dun, 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 dun. Dun. There it is. <laughs> What'd you think this of the ship? You know, can we, can the, we give a caveat of the 26 episodes? 20 of them are, this is a great episode, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Boom. They're across the board. It's like, God, <laughs> This is yeah. a great season. When we were talking about yeah. this, I'm like, oh, you mean one of the best seasons of television? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Right. Yeah. So there you go. But, well, I won't go, go there. Yeah. I was going to go, but this, but I think I might've just teased it, but no, this yeah. is a great episode. I liked that. We got in, like we saw some more of the Vorta, the Jem Hadar. Mm -hmm. I love this Vorta, by the way, I thought she was great. Mm -hmm. um, there was, what was the, who was the one in the earlier, it was an heiress, I think. Yeah. 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 She was the we first one we ever met. Yeah. She was, she was great, but she also had this, I thought the makeup was kind of weird. She was pretty wooden. They were um, figuring out what Vorta were. They didn't, re I don't think they knew at that point what they really were, you know, cause she yeah, also had the mental powers and everything that they never yeah. came back to again. Just so, weird. And this is yeah. the first time I feel like this is a Vorta. We have every, almost everything here except for the, uh, the cloning, yeah. you know, portion of them, but she was great. Yeah. She was manipulative. She was like, you wanted, you wanted to trust and believe her. You kind of understood mm -hmm. the conundrum Cisco was in. Right. But does it get us, does it get us to that final arc? Does it, for me, like you're looking at the final arc, I look really at the Dominion War mm -hmm. and the Bajoran religion, the emissary stuff, like those things, you know, does it feed those things? Mm -hmm. And yeah, this kind of feeds the Dominion War, but also it kind of doesn't. Yeah. I kind of put this one in the extra viewing. Oh, really? Because I actually put this one in the skip altogether. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, it could, I don't know. I, I, the, I could make an argument that every episode should at least be an extra viewing <laughs> um, well here's why here's why i went extra yeah is because so at this point up to, literally up to this point in star trek you know it got a little dark here and there there was mm -hmm. war there was stuff but this like when they're when they're like having that shootout and then just that militaristic feel oh, yeah. of things that to me culminated in the end when cisco sat down to read the list of casualties and that became a thing and i think at that point it did for me it did two really big things it um 
it showed that just the, the severity, like the seriousness of mm-hmm. what was going on. And it humanized the war in a big macro way that Star Trek had never been able to do before. Right. You know, when, when we, even the Klingon war, you know, here, or when, you know, they're battling the, the Borg and the next generation, it was this stuff right. kind of over here. Sort of, this had names and this was people in Cisco, Avery Brooks just nails yeah. it. Right. And it's like, oh, I mean, so you I never, know, that, that's what to, to your point, you never felt how bad Wolf 359 was. No. Like they talk about it. They make it like it's the big deal. But, you know, as a viewer, you're like, uh, okay, I got it. You tell me it was bad. Let's go on. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I, I see some. Yeah, yeah, I totally get what you're talking about. You really felt the the dregs of war uh, coming out of this. But yeah, I, I'll move these two. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly put this up in extra viewing. The other thing that I did like about this episode that gave me a little bit pause was you do see the Vorta, you see the white. And they're dependent that the Jim Hadar's dependence upon the Vorta for the white, which does come into play, especially as they cut off the the yep. the wormhole and they can't get more white. And that becomes a thing. However, that is all discussed later on. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's it's all like we'll get it later. It's fine. I don't need this one to know that. Uh so that that for me, I think, is why. Uh so we'll we'll move this to extra viewing and call it good there. Uh moving on to cool. season or episode three, Worf is smitten with Quark's ex-wife, Grilka. Because she comes back. I love this. I love this description. It's a great episode. Here's the here's the thing. This this is also the episode where Jadzia is looking at Worf like, I'm right here. Yeah. And and you know, we haven't gotten so far, we haven't gotten very much at all of any Worf or Jadzia. There's been a little bit of like like we just watched the episode where she she where Worf moved on to the to the Defiant and she she yeah. comes over she brings him the Klingon opera you know and and she you know they they're they're going back and forth with stuff like that like we're just seeing those things but this is the first one where it's like there's a relationship here yeah. but is this enough to to use one of the precious spots I don't I don't think it is I, yeah. and I put this in skip I love this episode and I think one of the things I love about it really is so can we just own that Quark is horrible like he's a horrible individual who's most of the terrible time. thing. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time. I mean, I mean, Oh God, but, but like, it was so cool how hard he worked yeah. through all of this. It was one of the first times it showed like, Hey, here's a guy like he's not just here. Cause he's a slimy, you know, greedy, whatever. Mm-hmm. This guy actually has a work ethic and, and can put it in, puts himself out there. Yeah. I really appreciate it for that. But I, this is one that if you never, ever saw, um, you would you'd be like, Oh yeah, never that. Okay, great. That, that episode happened. There you go. Yeah. We'll catch up with the wharf Jedzia stuff outside of this one. Yeah. I I've got, I, now I'm going to keep this one in extra view because I, I still find this episode funny. And yeah. you know, I, I was telling you before Matt for our extra viewing episodes, just by the way, if anybody's wondering what are all these extra viewing episodes, those are the episodes that Matt gets to choose from because we do additional episodes for our patrons. And if anybody wants to find out more about that, head over to patreon.com forward slash beam me up pod. That's where you'll get access to those i think it's like three bucks a month we'll get you access to those so it's not bad at all uh plus you get early access to everything else and and you guys go over there and check all that out but but matt has has fallen in love with the fringy episodes and those are not in the main run for the most part so he's choosing all fringy episodes right now for for it and it's it's been a fun little ride to kind of get that as a side as a side note so and this is a great fringy episode right i mean it's quark you know but it's just like yeah everyone knows that klingon culture and what it is Uh 
Yeah. Just take somebody like Cork and ins- insert him in there and then have him like have him kind of rock it. You know, yeah. it's just like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I know Armin talk, he talks about Quark from season one versus Quark from season seven and the growth that he brought Quark along and, and that he really yeah. want he they're not the same character to him. Um, And I'm glad to see these ta- these transition. I th- call this a transition episode for Quark where he's becoming yeah. a better person. Uh, But yeah, Quark's Quark's a, a hard guy. All right, moving on. Episode four, <laughs> nor to the battle strong. We're starting to get into these very weird titles, Shakespearean titles that the Deep Space Nine writers love to pull. When Bashir and Jake answer a plea from a colony besieged by Klingons, Jake's naive idea of a good story is shattered by the reality of fear and cowardice. So th- th- this is building on, you know, what we saw on the ship where it's just like this, this is real, you know? Yep. And, and I think too, it's so mm, there's the Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, dichotomy that exists out there and Star Wars mm-hmm. is blasters and rolling between cover and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Whereas Star Wars is, you know, people standing there stiffly and shooting phaser beams at each other. This was the first time in Star Trek where you're like, oh crap, this is, this is kind of Star Wars yeah. going on here. Like this is legit. And then I put Jake in the middle of that and just, I mean, right. We know so much more now than we did back in 96 about, you know, the, the trauma of war sure. and the trauma of watching that happen. Sure. I think we did such an incredible job in this episode of, of, of teasing that out, you know, mm-hmm. and there's when, when he just freezes, you know, when it's going down and he, Oh my God, I, that's so powerful. Right. So so well done. Right. You know, you, you say that, and I, I'm sorry, little, I, I don't think this episode makes it to me. Um, I've got this in my skip uh, side, but it, it, it is good. But there's there's an interesting thread uh, because I have recently watched all the way to the end of Deep Space Nine in preparation for the show as a whole. And when Cisco abandons the station in the end of season five, five at the end of this one. Yeah, the end of the season. Yeah. One. Yeah, when when he abandons the station and he calls his dad at the beginning of season six and he's like, you left Jake, you go back there and get him. And he's like, dad, he's a full grown man. He can do this. Like, it's his decision to make. Like, I wonder how much of his experiences here prepped him to be able to make, you know, uh, like that's a, that's a whole different podcast topic that is, (laughs) is an interesting, Hey, by the way, a son telling his dad, yeah, dad, I don't like it anymore than you do, but he's a grown man and he's got to, he's got to make that decision. That's a great leadership time right there. Talk about leading up, leading up to your elder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's the thing you can learn from anybody, you know, but I think, you know, and and I had this one in extra and I even made the note on it could go into skip because really to me, it's just, again, showing the the darkness and the heaviness of war, but it Mm -hmm. does. This is like one of the first times you're like, wow, Jake's like, he's not just that kind of funny um, character. He's not just that humanizing factor of Cisco anymore. Like he's he's developing his own, his own cachet right now. Right, right, right. All right. Uh, well, we'll, we'll put that over there. I'm going to, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll leave it there. Um, okay. Moving on. Episode five, the assignment. This is the first one I have a question on Jeff. All right. I'm undecided on this one. So I can help. I think uh-huh. well, maybe I can give you information. Well, let me, let me, your... let me do the descriptor yeah. and then Read let's do that. O'Brien is forced to secretly alter equipment by an entity known as a paw wraith that has taken over Keiko's body and threatens to kill her if he refuses. Jeff, this is our introduction into the series of the paw wraith, which is why this is a question mark to me. However, we do get more paw wraith later, so we'll know what it is. So I don't know the like, uh, help me out. So I think, I think it's important, right? Because I mean, the whole paw wraith and possession thing, that's, mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's Ducat's, that's where Ducat's going, you know, and it's yeah. the whole thing 
there. But also they like that it never works like this again. You know, so Keiko comes in and if you're just watching Miles and Keiko have a conversation, you're like, wow, she's being she's being pretty mean. Yeah. Whereas when it happens later, you know, when uh when when it's Jake and uh was is it Jake and Kira that get it later or or Jake and yeah, it's Jake and Kira. Jake and Kira they do the like, the battle. Yeah. Yeah, and they get the eyes yeah, or yeah, the yeah. big voice or they sound like a reaper from Mass Effect and the whole thing. You know what like, you know what they always remind me of in that is uh from Ghostbusters, the Zool yes. and uh the you know, I'm the gamekeeper, the key key master or whatever. There is no Dana, only Zool. Right. And the yeah, yeah. That's what they remind and me of. Like, yeah. Oh, I had this in extra because I think it's great. I think it, yeah. it, it I think this moves the Bajoran religion emissary stuff along a bit, but I also mm-hmm. think you get a better introduction to Pa Wraiths in season six. Yeah, I agree. And that's what I had there. I was like, we pick them up again in season six. For now, it's just their anti prophets is all is and nobody really likes Keiko episodes. A few exactly. people do. But it's there's a reason they wrote her out of the show. Like, do I know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's pretty bad when you watch it and you're like, hey, O'Brien, don't do what she's saying. It's probably fine if she kills Keiko. <laughs> That's awful. That's horrible. But still, oh. you know, it, it, here's the thing. I know that Cole Meany and Rosalind Chow are in real life good friends and they refer to each other as their space wife and husband and, and like Colm went to Rosalind's wedding and all this sort of stuff. Those two had no chemistry, no romantic no. chemistry whatsoever. Like we just watched an episode where like he kissed her and it was it was the most awkward just not like there's nothing there nothing and like you've got to imagine like Keiko and and Colm were put together as background actors who were never really meant to be in the forefront of anything and all of a sudden we're going to bring them in and now we've got to keep them together and show that and just you know yeah that's uh and it's tough because like Rosalind she's amazing she's a great actor and like so many things but it's like what was what was happening here I don't think they knew how to write her I really don't I I don't think they knew how to write her in in the way they wanted her to play and that Berman rule of humans had to be like very stout and, and show nothing like yeah, uh, even though she well, was a part of Starfleet. So, and I think too, if you just say they didn't know how to write her and apply yeah. that to almost any Star Trek, that's that's generally a pretty good uh, rule that they did. Wow. Wait, are we talking about Keiko or are we talking about Kess? Or are we yeah. talking about or Troy, Troy or, or Crusher Pulaski or, or Pulaski? Yeah, we could. Oh, I loved Pulaski. Yeah. I know a lot of people did. I loved Pulaski. I wish she would have stayed. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, and here's the thing. I could have had Pulaski and Crusher together. Why not? That would have been great. Why not? That would have been great. They're the flagship of the Federation. Why not? have two top have a surgeon have a medical officer why not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. could have been some good stuff between them yeah all right so i'm gonna keep this in extra viewing that's that's where i sort of had it slotted but i was really bouncing back and forth on it but uh yeah we'll, we'll leave it there all right moving on i don't know how this episode's not in trials and tribulations a klingon spy takes the defiant back in time to plant an exploding tribble on the original starship enterprise well the 1701 and the crew must stop the fiendish plot while not arousing suspicions in the original crew i mean you've got you've got the crew of deep space nine inserting themselves into a previous episode of star trek the original series they do it flawlessly like you have to see the shot side by side to even notice the differences it's perfect everywhere they go this was i think the 25th anniversary uh episode um i don't know how we like matt's not gonna see this coming and it's it's amazing well and and the way they introduce it right it comes across because you got the temporal investigations guys that walk in and you kind of have that moment of like oh god is this going to be are they going to try and be funny again because mm-hmm. this and then it just kind of drops on you and, right. and what i love about it too is like 
Arn Dar- I forget who what he said his name was when he was trying to be undercover, but it's the same actor, right? They got yeah. the same dude. And it's just, I mean, oh, it's perfectly done. That scene uh, where they have the big bar fight yeah. and then they get arrested and they're all getting dressed down by Captain Kirk and he gets in O'Brien's face. Captain it's Kirk is amazing. in O'Brien's face and it's flawless. Yeah. Looks like so it holds good. up. It like I was watching it the other day and I'm like, you I can't see the line. I just I can't yeah. see it. Like there's this is amazing for 1997. 98 yeah. somewhere around there whatever it is like holy cow yes we will absolutely watch this one does this have anything to do with the remainder of the show absolutely not but it's such a class and you get the line where they're in the thing and they see the klingons and they're like dude are those klingons and Worf goes yes they're klingons we don't talk about it which then comes back and pays off in enterprise later which is great so good and and you get the whole uh the, the tribbles were mortal enemies yeah. of the, the klingon empire and you're like what and then that pays off in the short tracks there's something about edward right where you're like oh because the ship went down over a klingon planet and oh it all comes together this this is peak star trek and yeah, yeah this could have never happened and deep space nine is the same show but you mm-hmm. know we can justify it because there's the uh the orb of time or something there so that's go. a bajoran religious thing there, there go. we go we hit i mean parameters. like we- frankly this episode would have worked just as well as a voyager voyager episode except i think it was better with the cast of deep space nine yeah but you know with the temporal authority or, or whatever that came in like all of that's voyager stuff like yeah. they needed to call brandon braga and say hey how do we do this and yeah. have him come guest write that episode i don't know if that's what happened or not but it it felt voyagerish to me uh, in so many ways uh, but yeah but it, the, trial and tribulations the, the bashir and o'brien stuff oh my god oh, so good from their hair their hair and then the whole thing where he's like hey i gotta go meet this woman in sickbay she might be my great grandma and if i like oh it's so bashir my own grandfather yeah 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 like what right right love it i think i think tom arnold if you remember that name yeah i think Uh he one time was in a movie where he was his own grandfather like that was the premise and i mean it was horrible it was like a not even a b rated it was like a d minus rated movie like but I, I think that was the premise. All right. Hey, uh, after after Trials and Tribulations, just so everybody knows, we will be watching the movie First Contact because we are taking these in air date order. And this will mix in with these with uh, season four, season three, season three of Voyager. I'm trying to keep, yep. keep them straight. This will mix in with season three of Voyager, however it goes. So these all don't necessarily be back to back. But we will get First Contact, which good, because then we won't have to explain too much why all of a sudden their uniforms change on Deep Space Nine. Because there why is those combat just in the wrong place for like, five episodes and right right right. (laughs) all right episode number seven then let he who is without sin dot 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 a stormy vacation on risa is the result of Worf's distrust in dax and his abetment of a man who wants to impose traditional values on the pleasure planet I don't know, Brent, if you've ever heard of a place called the Cutting Room Floor. It's an old editing <laughs> yeah. Uh That's where this episode belongs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Is this yeah. is this the one where he goes, like, Lita and, and Bashir are there as well, and yeah. they break up, and then... Uh, it's the coolest breakup thing ever. Like, immediately, Lita and Bashir's stock for me rose with this, where it's like, how cool is that? They're, like, going to go, like, celebrate their breakup. That's, that's, that's the awesome. best way to break up, like, ever. Yeah. Like, we're going to go do this we're gonna have a lot of fun and then we're parting ways and we'll be just fine like i wish any of my breakups 
Rise. went even half that good. I didn't even need to go to Rise. Like just, just, just go that well. Like that'd be that'd be awesome. You know, I wish some of my relationships were that good, let alone the breakup. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is horrible. I mean, totally out of character for Worf. He's wearing. I mean, the, the oh yeah, Worf's all. I, I love that he's on Risa wearing his uniform. Like that's <laughs> right, great, and, right. and that's that's a Worf thing. That's the end. Everything else is, and it's got Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams is awesome. Yeah, she's so good in this role. It's just oh, so many wasted pieces in this piece of garbage episode. I don't, don't have disagree. opinions. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this one on skip. I'm not even putting it on extra viewing. Uh, this will be one of those four that were like, eh. yeah. Next episode, things passed. Episode eight. After losing consciousness in a runabout, Cisco, Odo, Dax, and Garrick awake on the pa- in the past on Tarak Nor, where they are to be executed for an attempt on Golducott's life. I love the Tarek Noor like flashback episode thing. Sure. I, I love Dukat, right? What a complex, awesome character. And this, what this added, well, really what this did for Dukat was awesome, but what it added to Odo, right? Yes. Like this stiff as a board, just like really abrasive guy. Like this guy did some stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and also not really important in the scope of Deep Space Nine. I, I don't think. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing about Gul Dukat, and, and not, this isn't just Gold Ducat, it's Mark Alimo, because he had yeah. a couple episodes where he wasn't in Gold Ducat makeup. Um, he only appured in 30, I, I can never get over this. He was in 35 episodes total of Deep That's Space it? Nine. I know, right? Yeah. 170 some odd episodes, he was in 35. That's unbelievable. That's it. Damar was in like 33. Yeah. And he and just love, came in. Yeah, I love Damar. He's great, but like, dude, yeah. he's 30. such a part. He's such I a foundation know. of Deep Space Nine. I know. I know. It's it's crazy. Uh, and, and when you get these episodes, like, this is a great episode. It's a throwaway episode, though, the overall story and the overall mm-hmm. scheme. Like, this this is a, we got 26 episodes. We got to make the season. This is one. Great episode. I'm going to put this one into extra viewing because it's a good episode. Legitimately totally. good episode. I can't I can't justify putting this in the in the regular run though. Although I really want to because I love the whole Tarak Noor stuff. Yeah, it's good. In this way, he'll understand the meme. You know, attention, Bajoran workers. Right? No, <laughs> no, no. So no, that was civil defense, and yeah. we um. He was at, he was down here. We were, he he kind of flipped the cards on me and made me watch Firefly, like the whole series. He came down to my house and we just we did it together. And uh, I we were done. And I was like, hey, you want to watch one of these other episodes of Deep Space Nine that we've got? And he's like, yeah, sure, why not? And I put on Civil Defense, and he and I cackled through the whole show. It was it was fantastic. We should have done an extra viewing on it. We never did, but it was it was good. It was good. It's a fun one. Uh, Oh, the ascent. Next episode is the ascent. The runabout crashes on a barren planet. Freezing temperatures and lack of amenities induce Quark and Odo to get along or die while climbing a mountain. This is an episode that I feel like every sci-fi series does at some point. Take the two bitter enemies, put them in something, and force them to get along, parent trap them. And usually, it's while they're going up. Voyager did this with Tuvok and Neelix while they were going up in a space elevator. These guys were going up the side of a mountain. I'm pretty sure Stargate did this at some point. I'm pretty sure Babylon 5 did this at some point. Take the two guys that, that, you know, are are polar opposites and throw them together, force them to get along. What do you think about the ascent? My note on this one was, hey, I love this episode, but I liked it better the first time when it was called Enemy Mine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, you get that Lewis Gossett Jr. And just, oh, mm-hmm. that, that's a great movie in there. But yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's whatever. I think we already know that Odo and, and Cor- they have that love-hate mm-hmm. thing. Like, they know that. This solidifies that. And they climb a mountain. 
great. Yeah, I had this in the skip category, but but Matt loves the Ferengi. You right? know, I've got so, it in the skip category too, and maybe I should move it up to to that just because he does now his favorite character is Odo. Oh, which wow, is hilarious wow. because his most his his least favorite character, like to the point that he actually hates this character, is Kira. You actually have that in some notes where I'm like, this is a great episode. It's a Kira episode. He doesn't want to watch this. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it it I'm when when he got that one episode. Um, what's the one where where Odo's like, because I love you, and she's like, I love you too, and he's like, No, you don't. You're a change. Like, exactly. Uh, Heart yeah. of stone. Heart of stone. Matt was like, No, he can't. So, <laughs> well, he's gonna hate this season. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The good news is, I think when we get there, when when Odo and and Kira actually get together, like we're gonna skip a couple of those episodes, and we'll skip the one where they actually get together. Yeah, and like the next time he's gonna see them, they're just gonna like wake up in bed together. Yeah. I think <laughs> that's gonna be his like, hey, they're together now. Like, oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. If that happened, but yeah, yeah no, I, I think for Matt, this might be a great extra for him. Sure. For me, this was a skip. This was a skip. Right. Yeah. He's he's loved himself some quirk. He's loved himself some Odo. Put the two together and just let him have yeah. fun with it. And that's that's about as much as I can get out of it. Because outside of that, like, I think this is an episode when I'm doing my rewatches, I tend to just skip. I really yeah. like. I just ugh. yeah. It's just like yeah. There's there's that. All right. I need I need a lot of help with this next one because I'm greatly going back and forth. Episode ten. Rapture. A shot. Cisco receives when the hollow suite system shorts gives him a psychic insight into a lost Bajoran city. This is kind of a follow-up to the episode Ascension and kind of yep. furthers that that uh Cisco is the emissary thing just a little bit further. He really gets into it with Kai Wen in this one. And then there's also the whole Bajor must not join the Federation, uh, which is a storyline that that we haven't been following a ton. But exactly. it, it it is there in the end though. I, I'll spoiler. I had to put it in extra viewing because I just went of all the like. It's a great episode. It's right there. I could easily put it in viewing or in in the watch category. But is it enough? It's a good question. So I have it in the watch category yeah. for for a couple of reasons. I think. Um, you know, they went through a while with Ducat where they, you know, kind of turned up, they humanized him a right. little bit, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that takes a stark turn in this series, in this season, which is, right. which is good, but it's bigger. This is where they kind of start doing that with Kai Wen because not only does Cisco and her, like he goes to her for, for guidance and spiritual support. She, for the first time, accepts him mm-hmm. as the emissary, which is a big deal in there. I also think when he bursts in to the signing ceremony, just screaming, locust! Locust, and that, that's worth watching in and of itself. But him, him delaying the signing of Bajor into the Federation sets up the entire conclusion to this season. You know, and we'll talk yeah. about that when we get to that episode. There's a whole thing where he's like, "They didn't join the Federation. We can save Bajor because of this thing." But there's another rule you have that we haven't talked about mm-hmm. on this episode that this that I might have just talked myself into, and that's if you can explain it in 30 seconds or less, there's no reason to watch it. And I feel like I just hit all the key points right there. Yeah, so, that's yeah. I think that's where I came down on it. And I, mm, but I want to yeah. watch this episode because I really like it. And, and actually, I just okay. generally like the show, the episode. But I, I, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's just a yeah. I, 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 extra viewing well, for sure. For yeah, sure. What makes it cool? Not enough to move it into the watch cast 
category, but what we're going to learn coming up in Purgatory's Shadow and stuff is that like Bashir does brain surgery on Cisco in this, which by the way is like 30 seconds long. And there's all this stuff going on. He's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I just brain surgery, whatever. I just did that. Right. But it's not Bashir that does that when you look back on the stuff, which is pretty like right. kind of mind. Listen, listen, you and I could do brain surgery in the future. You just wave a light. Seriously, how hard just is wave that? wave a light and it's good. Like, yeah, put this thing on your forehead and I'm going to. Right. Yeah. Right. Give him a shot. <laughs> good to work. Go. I don't know. All right. Uh, I'm going to leave this one an extra viewing for now. Yeah. I think it's I always long. maintain I could change these at any time in the future. So I'm going to leave it there for now, but we'll see. We'll see what happens as we go. Moving on. Episode 13. Wow. Blowing through season five. Right. Episode 13 for the uniform. After being humiliated in his quest to capture his traitorous former security chief, Michael Eddington, Cisco realizes that he himself must think like a rogue. If you've seen Les Mis, you'll greatly appreciate this episode. If you've never seen Les Mis, you'll still probably still appreciate this episode, but it may have less meaning for you. This this was my gateway to Les Mis. So when I was in high really? school, I was in band and we played yeah. Les Mis and I made fun of it because I was a long-haired, headbanging mm-hmm. drummer. Why would I, you know, whatever. And then fast forward to this and I'm like, oh, Valjean and mm-hmm. Javert and all this. Oh, what, what, it's a Star Trek thing. I'm going to check this out. And that was the first time I ever like actually watched Les Mis was because of this episode. Right? <laughs> it's I, I was never a big Les Mis fan. Um, except my wife, my wife is all about Les Mis and the soundtrack and all this kind of stuff. And I took her once to go see it. And, oh. and I, you know, and I said, I've never seen it. So like, I didn't want to listen to the soundtrack first. Cause I, you know, I wanted to, I couldn't follow the story at all. Like I couldn't understand what they were saying most of the time. Yeah. Not, not that they're singing opera or anything like that. And it's all English. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't like, I was having trouble. And I, I learned at that point, like, listen, Broadway shows, listen to the soundtrack, get familiar with it. You're not spoiling anything, Exactly. you know, just get familiar with the songs and then go. So you'll be able to, to see what's going on. But, uh, yeah, good, good show. Les Mis. I got to tell you if I was, I, I, I have a bit of a theater background and if I was ever in Les Mis, I've never been the person I would want to be would be the innkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he has yeah. the best song. He has the best yeah. song in the whole show and it's, he's just fun. It's a fun character. Like I want that guy. You talk about that. He's the quark of Les Mis is what he is and it's a fun role uh except for having to crawl through poop at the end of the show that, that's well, you not know. good but but know. i mean it's france so yeah. i mean i think that it's french how it was back then <laughs> yeah so it's classy there you go <laughs> it doesn't Something. stink anyway yeah. uh let's talk about for the uniform though oh by the way valjean also the name of chakotay's ship yep exactly so, which anyway. is a cool little little trick there little thing, little yeah, thing. all right yeah the like the uh, the thread with the maquis thing there, absolutely pretty good. There you go. And uh, they, oh, that is. Oh, I never, I never. Chicote's maquis, their maquis. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, never put that together they, before. They, and Cisco kind of talks about that. Not Chicote, obviously, mm-hmm. in this one, but he talks about how Eddington sees himself as as a Robin Hood, yeah. you know, or, or something like that. And and then when you take the fact that Chicote's raider was called, you know, the Valjean, that's the mindset of the maquis. Like, there's yeah. this really just really cool stuff, you know. And, and really the Maquis are the greatest neglected idea. One of the greatest neglected ideas in Star Trek, in my opinion. Yeah. They give it some, like this airplay, it fizzles out in Voyager, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, there's so much great. And then I, I love, I love all of the stuff with Eddington in Deep Space Nine, but it's like three or four episodes. It's like, it's, it's three episodes. We watched the first one. Actually, that's the last episode I recorded with Matt for the main run before you and I are doing this. Uh, we, we watched the one where Eddington turns on him 
then you have this episode here for the uniform and then you have another one later on this season called blaze of glory which basically it it puts a cap on it um of the three i think this one might actually be the best of the three episodes but again is that enough now here's here's a couple of options i want to give you for that okay because as as i sit back and go okay we learned that eddington was was a maquis guy he's off doing his thing do we have to follow cisco's maddening thing for the for the actual rest of the show to to catch these two even though it's a great this particular episode's really great i didn't love blaze of glory glory as much the one where they finished the store story but this one i thought was really good is it maybe something where i want to put for the uniform and blaze of glory together as a single episode or do i want to just pretend blaze of glory doesn't even exist and just give him for the uniform that's where i'm at i think blaze of glory was superfluous didn't need to happen this ended the the arc as far as i'm concerned because he captured him and put him in jail that's that's as far as he ever needed to get like we didn't need to go get him again and then have them all die like, exactly there's no reason it it was just extra i think it was yeah. one of those things hey we got 26 episodes like you were saying we got to put something yeah but this one to me this episode is critical in cisco's development so okay. hot take again cisco is the worst captain in star trek <gasps> yeah yeah oh. oh my gosh we need a new host i think brent just had a heart attack <laughs> Lucy, explain yourself. So being the worst of the captains in Star Trek is like, that's not a bad thing. That's like Usain Bolt losing a race, right? He's lost a couple. He's still the fastest man in the world. But Cisco is an amazing character. He's a great father. He's a great role model, but he's a morally questionable, ethically kind of bankrupt leader who, you know, in the, in the Dungeons and Dragons uh, alignment chart, He's about as chaotic good as you can get with a heavy emphasis on chaotic. Jeff, Jeff, this just means that Cisco, had he not wound up in the cloud with the with the the prophets, would have made the perfect, the perfect stereotypical Starfleet Admiral. Hundred percent. He's admiral right? material. Why is he bad? you know what you you make a point and everything you just said there is a hundred percent true and can a hundred percent be backed up and still if i was serving with any captain in starfleet cisco's the guy outside of having to deal with what he dealt with cisco's the guy i'd want to be with so isn't that the weird thing yeah like about leadership and stuff like that where you know i can sit here and say he's a he's the worst again the worst doesn't mean he's bad please don't anybody Mm -hmm. hear that but just when you're going up against a picard or a janeway or something like that he's he's not there but this is why so we see that arc of him being those not great things really culminates in in the pale moonlight right where oh my god we won't go into that one because you will in the future but i mean just that then i do it again so powerful but we see potentially the best episode of deep space nine probably one of the best episodes of star trek period totally so good but so the wrong thing you know right it's like oh it's like oh it's it's so complicated i love it but this episode is what paves the road to that Uh if you walk into in the pale moonlight without having watched for the uniform you're just like wow cisco is a really mad you know just hardcore guy but this shows how he lets things get personal he lets Mm -hmm. them get under his skin and he lets that steer his like influence his decision making in ways that like i mean the crew when he orders those torpedoes to be fired at the planet like the crew like even they're like what is going on i'm i'm surprised they did it um you know i think that's a bit of of roddenberry still alive you know and that you follow what your your captain says Uh, but like and then when it actually like 
killed all the, uh, you when know, all the did veggie. it when it actually <laughs> did it. It's like, dude, you should have been court martialed right then yeah. and there. Yep. Like, and yeah, Worf and, needed to assume and command that, and you're done. Yep. Per- period. Yeah. And, and, and it always laid out in the beginning of the episode when he got pulled off the Eddington case, they're like, you haven't got it done. You've been doing this for 10 months. Mm-hmm. You haven't got it done. You're too close to it. He found a way to cheat his way back into it, went mm-hmm. out, destroyed a planet. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. And to get this done, that really, to me, sets the stage for In the Pale Moonlight. Uh-huh. I think it's just like, it's such a dimension of Cisco. I think, I think, it's, I think it's really important. Interesting. Okay, you have me convinced because I had this in extra viewing. I am moving this up to to the watch because of your argument for how this sets up who Cisco is, and I think that that's supremely important. Not just for uh, a lot of these, not just for in the pale moonlight, but also for what we see going into um, what's the one where Cisco goes crazy and he he goes to Earth. Which one? Oh. I say the one where he goes crazy. Yeah, no, the the you know what I mean. The one the Paul Racer effing with his mind and stuff. Yeah, and it's, it's like the beginning of season seven. Yeah, right? another great episode. No, no, yeah. it's in season six. The first one is oh, in season six, season and then he six, yeah. hits it like two more times later. Um, I forget the name of that episode off the top of my head, but anyway, you guys know which one I'm talking about. He goes back. He's a writer, and things are going back and forth, and and all that. Like he goes crazy. Like Cisco yeah, can do this room, right where he's in yeah, the yeah, room. Yeah, right yeah. The yeah that's that's the one in season yeah. seven for sure. So uh, it, it sets up so much of who he is as a as a person yeah that's uh i'll allow if you go all the way back to the to, to emissary when when he was going to leave the federal like he was reacting mm-hmm. again you know his, just having that thing of reacting um and personalizing things you know he he was rightly angry at picard you know and all that mm-hmm. stuff but it wasn't he didn't have that ability to say okay you picard are a horrible person that killed eleven thousand or whatever people and did all this awful you know you're genocided you know wolf three five nine separate that from, Oh, you know, you're here giving me an assignment. He personalized that yeah. and made it a big deal. And that is like this theme that comes in that here he and Avery Brooks can be so appropriately over the top. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, he's in his chair. He is freaking out with Kira and, right. or Dax. Dax is, is his voice. Of, like that's her strength. She's like the conscious over there. Right. And uh, yeah, he's just screaming at her mm-hmm. about how the thing. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love this episode. It's so good. All right, I'll I'll put it up there. I do have to apologize. After Rapture, I actually skipped over two episodes and got straight to four of the uniform. So let me go backwards. Episode 11. I know, right? I was excited to get to it. Episode 11, the darkness and the light. Hopefully this conversation will go relatively quickly. The darkness and the light, an assassin targets her resistance colleagues and then captures Kira. Skip. I like this. It's a good I like episode, this one. but yeah, Matt, Matt's going to hate it also. Yeah. Nothing. It's, it's, yeah. it's not. It's just more Kira, which is great, but not for Matt. I, I'll say this. I, this is where I think Nana Visitor really found her footing as the as the character as an actress it, uh, i don't know if it's an visitor found her 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 acting on television chops if she figured out the character if the writers figured out how to write her if people knew how to direct her maybe it's her hair changed finally to the right hairstyle and she got comfortable the way avery brooks did when he finally shaved his head um i, I don't i don't know what it was but you know this is where nana visitor actually turns into a, a fantastic actress for me because those first yeah, couple when- seasons she was a little woof. That was rough. But yeah. yeah, when she's on the table and that guy's, you know, basically reciting poetry yeah. to threaten her. And I mean, just uh, it's real. It's really yeah. real for her. Yeah, I yeah. agree. All right. So skip. All right. Episode 12, then the begotten. This one I have as a, as a watch because Deep Space Nine celebrates the birth of O'Brien's baby, which we haven't even talked about at all with Matt <laughs> at oh. all. 
We we right. saw the episode where Keiko is pregnant. I'm going to have to explain to him, hey, something went wrong. Doctor transferred the fetus into Kira because Nana Visitor got pregnant and they needed a way to not have to hide that all the way. Uh, but then Odo and Dr. Mora struggle to save the life of a baby changeling infant gooey pile. But this also ends the Odo isn't a changeling anymore because he gets his changeling powers back. And oh yeah, Kira has a baby, which they talk about a lot going forward. Um, so I have this one as a watch, not because it's a great episode, because I don't think it's a fantastic episode, but there's I can't explain it in 30 seconds, and there's a lot that happens in it. There's a lot. And and just the fact that Odo becomes a you know a changeling again, like yeah. that alone is it huge. And and that's one of those, like I can't just go, hey Matt, so in this episode, Odo's a changeling again. And like, okay, I want to see it. I want to like yeah. he needs to like, yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And and it's and and, and knowing that he likes Odo, the stuff with him and Dr. Mora is it's really good. You know, this is it's good stuff. It's good, um, you know, like teenage reckoning with your parents kind of a thing. Sure. And we missed we missed the other Dr. Mora episode from season one. Yeah. So, so yeah, so this, this is good for yeah, yeah, I agree. This is a watch. And and beyond that, <laughs> I couldn't imagine not only him not knowing that Kira was that there O'Brien's gonna have a baby, but then it was Kira, and then to have that be an on yeah, that would be right, right. Yeah. And he'll get he'll get his first look at Shakar and Kira as a couple oh, in this episode. That, that's really uh, fun. Because I've I've told him like, hey, Shakar and Kira are a thing now, which I'm I'm trying to ward him off the Odo uh Kira thing until it happens. Like, you know. <laughs> look over here. Look, she dates a pancake for a while. Yeah, He's I was gonna say so who 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 was the worst boyfriend, Shakar or Barile? I think Barile. Yeah. And, and only and only because of Shakar's background. Like what yeah. what a, what a badass, right? I mean, that guy did some stuff. Yeah, except but, you're watching but, him going, yeah, Did you really? You? No, seriously? Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that was those were rough. Did you okay? So you remember the guy? It was it. I think it was the guy from S- the search parts one and two and three, where they went and they got the like Bajor- like the legendary Bajoran who killed like like this big guy, and he like became this thing. And he's like, no, I stumbled across him while he was taking a bath, and we froze, and I got freaked out, and I shot him. Yeah, that's all that happened. He was naked, yeah. and I shot him. Like I didn't fight him. This wasn't some big whatever. It was purely luck. And I just like that. That's kind of what Shakar feels like to me. Like everything he did was just luck. Like really, or, you or did that? You or what? Like we see, you know, we see some of the 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 people of his crew getting killed. And so was it like he was just the guy who had the house that they could hang out in, and they had to call it <laughs> right. Shakar's cell because we, right. you know, his mom lets us come to his house all the time, so we're right. naming it after him. <laughs> right. He's the he's the the band member who's like the sound guy in the band or like the right. bass player in the band, but mom lets him use the garage. Yep. Like he's that guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why is this band called Alice Cooper? Well, because I'm Alice Cooper. And my mom lets us play here. That's why. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Cause my mom's name is Alice uh-huh. and that's why it's her house. That's why. Um, all right. Moving on then. Uh, we're going to take the next two as a, as a couple, cause they're going to go together in purgatory shadow and by inferno's light. There's no way this isn't getting watched or not. There's no way this isn't not getting watched. Uh, but the short description of it in order to ward off a dominion invasion, Cisco must close the wormhole, leaving Worf and Garrick stranded in a Jim Hadar internment camp on the other side. However, the Klingons join the Federation's fight against the dominion as gold Dukat reveals himself as his, and his self-serving allegiance. Oh yeah. We also learn that Bashir has been a changeling this whole time and that the real Mart oh Martok's been a changeling and Martok and Garrick oh and uh what's his face is still alive um Garrick's dad and we learned that Garrick's dad is uh an Auburn Tain um uh, just a whole bunch of stuff that 
I mean, yeah, Garrick's claustrophobia. Oh yeah, you know, that wharf like a legit, legit MMA. You know, UFC for the like, first time. Because exactly. I've never, I've never seen Worf or Klingons in general, by the way, as really like badass fighters. No. I've never seen them as that. And then he's in there, and he's just like what, like like just round after round yeah. after round. And what I, I love about that because that you know leads to when you know he he joins the House of Martok and everything, right. and it's like th- that happened because Martok watched him watched him actually be what a Klingon is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So good. All right, so put this in the watch list. 100%. Not much more discussion to be had. Let's move on. Dr. Bashir, I presume, episode 16. Dr. Zimmerman, who created the EMH, has chosen Bashir to be the new model for the next model of EMH, unaware that it's going to cause Bashir anguish and his father sacrifice because it's also going to be revealed that, hold the phone, Bashir is an augment? What? What? (laughs) Yeah, there's the episode. There you go. That's the whole thing. It's, um... So mm. this this would be a throwaway episode to me, except Bashir's thing comes back like all the time. And I can't go, hey, Matt, did you know Bashir has been genetically modified? And now he's like really smart. What? I can't just it's say just that. Though, yeah. Right. But it's but I think it's hard because that I mean, that is the episode. Also, the other part of the episode you don't see here is that he lost the the the, 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 the bid to be the cover, the next model. Yeah. And Andy Dick won the model, <laughs> the modeling gig to be the next. Yikes. They, they had to really change their standards. <laughs> Did he? Is that is that when that episode comes is is shortly after the like, oh, it, is the this the model that, yeah, that he's EMH supposed to be? Yeah. So in message in a bottle, uh, which is that is the four, Mark two. Yeah, it's the Mark two. And in and this one, he's he's planning the Mark two. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So like wow. literally all this goes down and they're like, well, I bet Andy Dick needs work. Let's call him. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I believe that was Andy Dick looking for work saying, hey, yeah. get me on Star Trek. And uh, yeah, I think that's how like, I want to do Star Trek. All my, I would do. Can I do it? <laughs> Why do we not see Andy Dick at the conventions all the time, Jeff? That's my question. We need to find, we need journalists out there. There's your new assignment. There you go. Where is Andy Dick? Get Andy Dick to the conventions because I got questions for his episode. No, I don't. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, you know, I can see it as a watch because I mean, that, that's, it's a pivotal thing, but also, I mean, that's that's all it is. You know, the whole episode comes down to, you know, because I mean, there's some cool stuff about how he kept it a secret, the stuff yeah. with O'Brien, where it's like, you've been cheating with darts this whole, cheating to lose on darts this whole yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, it reframes, it reframes everything. And obviously, the, you know, for as much as they've planned out and set seeds all the way through, this was a, hey, I've got an idea for a crazy episode. Let's retcon yeah. an entire main character character for the entire series and that's what they did here but like i'm gonna argue for this one to be a watch yeah because one the whole augment thing especially how it comes up in enterprise how it comes up later in picard frankly mm-hmm. uh we've already set it up with nuni and soon back in tos and with wrath of khan and in the way that you argued for for the uniform being something that sets up cisco's character and informs all of the decisions going forward with him this informs everything about julian Bashir going forward particularly particularly the section 31 stuff and sloan and it's like this is why he got picked or one of the main reasons why he got picked um and yeah Yeah, because you've got section 31 and then you've got those group of misfit augments that uh come in i think twice yeah i think we're going to skip those particular episodes with the the uh, you know not a bad idea yeah yeah (laughs) although although personally i loved them i thought it was a great i I liked those guys but yeah it's a lot of fun but if matt ever watches them right like this that makes sense if he watches this if he doesn't watch this what 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 is happening what 
what is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense to me. That's good. Yeah. I agree. There, I mean, and there's, there's so many little, like all of a sudden Bashir is calculating percentage points, like down to the, down to the minutia. Like, yeah. you know, he's like, I could go to 213 decimal points if you want me to, but I'm not going to like, yeah. you know, no, he doesn't need to do that. And, and uh, I don't know if it's in this episode or a different episode where Bashir, like he goes to play darts with him and like, he pushes him back like 10 more feet. Yep. He's like, you're, you're back here. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to put this one in. All right. Next episode, a simple investigation. Number 17, Odo falls in love with a woman searching for information that will ultimately endanger her life and make their relationship impossible. I don't actually know what this episode is. I know that I just watched this because I watched every episode not too long ago. I still don't know what this episode is. Because I have have four words on my notes. Odo has sex. Gross. Like that. that, that, Wait, is this where, wait, not with the female changeling. No, no, with the, with the, so there's the, um, She's a, she's like, oh, I, I haven't I actually haven't watched this one in a long time. I couldn't bring myself to watch it up <laughs> this one again, but there's a lady who um, has had her, her mind wiped because she's got some information they're trying to protect. Uh-huh. So they've given her a new identity. They've wiped her mind. They fall deeply in love. And then somehow she gets her memories and her personality back. And she's like, Hey, actually I'm married and I'm a totally different person. And thanks for the good times, but I'm out of here. And Odo is heartbroken. I just, I'm, I'm looking at pictures of this, of this episode. I do not remember this. I have I think no you, memory of this show. When I was reading up on this one, because I read, I, I'll read it before I watch this yeah. one again. Its intent was to close the Kira and Odo thing. Like, oh, nope, it's done. Yeah. She has moved on. He has had experiences. Now they're just solid, good friends. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. there. Right. But, uh, but then of course that, that changes. They come back. Of course. Yeah. yeah. This was, this was just not a good episode. I don't Yeah. Think. I, this is going to be a skip and uh, yeah. we'll just let it be because yeah. that's, that's crazy. Cause I do, I mean, there was the one where, where Odo and female changeling go at it and like, yeah. he's like, that was, that let was, me show you how this up. works for solids. You know, that was awesome. Let's do that again. Yeah. Like anyway, uh, <laughs> loved that Odo female. I mean, it was super awkward, right? But yeah. that's what made it great. Right. Just like, I, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was data and Tasha Yar level awkward, like yeah. just to the point that it was awesome. All right. Episode 18 business as usual. Quark becomes involved with his cousin Gala's arms dealing business until a rare attack of conscience puts him in a bind. Another Quark is growing episode. Yeah. This is what I hate about this episode though. So yeah. if we go way back to Jeffrey Combs, right? The, uh-huh. the pinnacle of all great things, Star Trek yep. and his first appearance. Um, oh, was that, was that, I forget the name of the, that episode. I forget what it was, but either way, he wanted a hollow, a hollow thing of Kira to do as he will mm-hmm. with Kira and Quark. Quark was supportive of that and was like, you know, basically trying to get hollow images of Kira to make, I mean, what, it's like the worst thing you can right. do to your friend. And they're like, Oh, well you did that. But now that he's going to sell weapons, they get really mad at like, this is the thing of everything he's done right. that they're going to start cold shouldering him and getting mad at him for. It's like, right. no, this is the most Quark thing. Like this has happened to me. Like, yeah, this, this is what Quark's been doing long before the Federation ever got to deep space. Now. Exactly. So it's like, yeah. now they're upset about it. It's great. He gets a conscience. He, you know, he leaves all kinds of latinum on the table and walks away. That's awesome. But also it's just like, Oh my God, really? So inconsistent to me, but Matt loves Ferengi episodes. I'll put that. Uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah. No, uh, no, because yeah. there's another Fringy episode on here that I promise you Matt's going to want to do way more than he will. This one. True. Um, I do want to have a discussion about this next episode though. Episode 21 soldiers of the empire. My AKA for this one be, or how Martok got his groove back. 
It's the same thing I wrote. It's exactly <laughs> the way it's going to go. However, you also have Worf entering the house of, of Martok, which is a thing. And you finally get lots and lots and lots of Worf and Jedzia relationship stuff, which, as I mentioned earlier, we have been missing very much up to this point. Um, spoiler alert, we might skip the wedding next season. I, yeah, it's a great episode. It's all the like, here's, here's the episode. They get married. Exactly. That's it. That's it. Show them a picture, right? Because I think, I think the wedding dress, oh, the red and dress like, and everything. Oh yeah. Right? Amazing. Awesome. There's the episode. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Yeah. But this, this is such because you get, you get Jadzia and, and Worf. Martok gets his group back. Worf gets stabbed. Worf, yeah. Worf gets stabbed for the greater good, right? He's like, yeah. I have to lose to help this person be taken seriously. And then he mm-hmm. does. It's so selfless and great. Right. And then the Klingon fight song, the, you know, the, the, the shanties that yeah. they're singing. Like, how cool. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. Which I think when you start getting into the, the whole Rotaran storyline, right. Yeah. And stuff that, 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 that goes all the way almost the end. You get, you get Alexander, you get all kinds of the, mm-hmm. boom, the, the, the Rotar. I didn't realize until recently how far the Rotar, like they keep bringing back the Rotaran and that Martok has his, his deal. Because here's the other thing about all this that like, as I like normally this would be a, an extra viewing or a skip to me. But when I look at this in the greater context of everything else, and that's how I have to look at this. The last we saw Martok back in the way of the warrior. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we've seen him since. And we're here at the end of season four we haven't seen him in season five except for in purgatory shadow and by inferno's light where he's been cooped up in an internment camp for god knows how long and uh like like now i know martok's been in episodes but matt has not really seen him martok plays such a huge role in the end of of deep space nine this is his sort of reintroduction it's his rebirth um and as you said there's the rataran and Worf entering the house of martok which has a thing and Worf and jadzia which we've been skipping so far like it's it's one of those i i almost we we did in season two of next generation i used one of these very few precious spots on the episode the child okay okay which is a horrible episode yeah you know it's the one where deanna gets pregnant has a baby in like 10 minutes um that the the episode that every sci-fi show does we're going to show you an an entire pregnancy and birth and rearing of childhood in, in 45 minutes um but in that episode, Riker grows a beard. Jordy becomes the chief engineer. Worf becomes the head of security. Beverly leaves. Dr. Pulaski comes. Like, you have all of these things, and I'm like, everything just changed on the ship. Like, I, you gotta see that. You just kind of gotta see, like, right. Like, and I kind of yeah. feel like with Soldier of the Empire that this is, there. there's enough here that I gotta go. I can't do this in 30 seconds. Yeah. And I, I you know, again, almost to, to the same argument we had with Cisco and Bashir. And- this is going to inform Worf, Jadzia, and Martok going forward. And if you think about one of those last scenes in the final episode when um, he Martok is on Cardassia Prime, right? Yeah. And they're just sitting there in the wreckage and he pours out. He has that, has the, they're like, hey, let's drink blood wine. And he's like, yeah, no, this is, uh, that yeah. all makes sense. Be, like, that's the payoff, you know, yeah. there for like a moment where, like, when this starts, he's a joke and he's a relic and mm-hmm. they're going to mute and yeah, Worf shows him for the 
Worf shows real leadership and steps up and, and does the yeah this is this and is and honestly what, if you go back to TNG because one of the the threads of TNG that we wound up following completely unintentional was just how it worked out was we followed the whole Worf discommendation storyline mm-hmm. going you know where Riker goes over to the other ship and and uh, like we did all of these things to see Worf back on a Klingon ship in command uh, uh yeah in a com- command role let's put it that way um he's first officer but to, to see all this come back around and have that honor because these people have lost their honor right mm-hmm. to to have all of that come like i think this is a much more important episode than than first glance what it may be now here's my question i think we're in agreement this is going to be in the watch is this an episode though that maybe i should go back to in purgatory shadow and by inferno's light and add it to that and make it a three-part episode or does it need to stand alone and have that breath and take up an extra spot I think it needs the breath I, and really okay. just because of the Jadzia Dax stuff. I mean, okay. that because we're catching up on a number of episodes in the past from that. And that, uh-huh. you know, again, you know, paves up all through the, the next season. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I can, I can certainly, uh, I can certainly go with you um, yeah. there. All right. So soldier of the empire by itself. I mean, it'll just be one episode removed because uh, it'll be in purgatory shadow by inferno's light. Then Dr. Bashir, I presume. And then soldiers of the empire plus whatever Voyager episodes are in between. So it, yeah. it'll be a bit of a breath, um, which is probably right. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Episode 22, getting towards the end of the season here. Children of time. The investigation of a planet surrounded by an energy barrier reveals a colony founded by the defiant crew members when the barrier caused them to crash 200 years in the past. Oh, well, um, so uh, simple investigation was great because it tied a bow on the Odo and Kira stuff until, until it didn't. now. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah. what I, one of the, what I liked about this episode is that Odo was the dark horse, right? You know, like yeah. he was the one who was kind of like, that was neat. I also liked that he looked different, you know, uh-huh. he learned like there's just some little subtle things, but then it's like, Kira, I've always loved you. And it's like, shut your mouth, dude. Right. No, we right. put that to bed and we hate it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I have this as a skip. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have this as a skip as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, again, well, just, this is one of those episodes like, I don't remember it when I read the thing, but then when I like, as soon as I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's this episode. I, I remember it now. Well, and it's almost like this, they did that episode back, I don't know, was it season three or something, Meridian, where there was the planet that winked in and out of existence and yeah. the whole thing. And I, I, I had I had issues with that episode itself, but also it's, it's like, hey, let's kind of do that. But instead of having mm-hmm. the, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow uh, looking colonists on there with their head tattoos and stuff, instead of having those, let's have it be the Deep Space Nine crew and in fact, I think that they had this idea that they might have planted there, that then they moved here, that when they got to E squared in Enterprise, they're like, here's here's how we actually wanted, wanted to, to do, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, we'll skip that one. Episode 23, we've actually already talked about it a little bit. Blaze of Glory. It's the end of the Michael Eddington story arc. It's also the end of the Maquis. They're gone. <laughs> Gone. They're out. Cisco must enlist the help of Starfleet trader Michael Eddington to get him out of jail. Spring him from the pokey to locate the launch site of the Maquis missiles aimed at Cardassia to stop bad stuff from happening. And in the end, all the Maquis, all the Maquis die, except for those over in the Delta Quadrant. And just wait what happens when Bellana finds out what happened to him. Right. Mm, yeah. On a missile. Yeah. actually which is yeah 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 you know I, I this was this was great i like it i love eddington as a character i like the arc this was an entirely unnecessary 
episode. Yeah, I you definitely get the feel that that I, I like. You said that the story really wrapped up with for the uniform. Yeah, you didn't need this one. This was like, nope. a, oh, we're back to Eddington again. You know, I mean, really, like if you want to look at the hero's arc and everything in this, this should have been. I mean, he did. He sacrificed, and it was great and a great hero's yeah. moment. But he should have got one over on Cisco because in the arc, Cisco became the villain. You know, yeah. in, in a big way, and it's like, yeah, if you were to do this in the classic way, Robin Hood wins. He beats the sheriff of Nottingham. Right. You know, there. But, you know, but what they did is great. He sacrificed himself. He became a hero. It's cool. Whatever. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. All right. Skipping this one. I'll throw it in as extra viewing. I'll mention it. And be like, hey, if you want to watch it, there it is. You don't need yeah. to. There's a reason we didn't put it in there. Hey, remember when we said we like Taroknor? <laughs> Episode 24. Impoknor, a foray to an abandoned Cardassian space station, which looks exactly like Deep Space Nine because it is just turned on its side as they search for needed parts, two Cardassians in stasis tubes and a drug that turns Garrick into a killer. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I, this, this, so this is Deep Space Nine does horror, right? It's yeah. Resident Evil and all this stuff. It's really great. And, and Garrick, I mean, what more do you need to say, right? He's, I love everything about Garrick, but, but also, eh, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, that that's an episode. I, I think it's a great candidate for extra because it's a great, I love this episode. Yep. Yep. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's neat. There's another Tarok Nor, you know, called Empok. I like those names. It's neat. There but yeah. All right. Well, getting closer to the end of the season and I realized something, Jeff, I've done it again. It didn't you? I skipped yeah. a few episodes, didn't I? I did it again. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, you go. I'm just going to stand behind. And I think, you. I think it's cause I'm scrolling as we're, as we're talking and I'm, I'm trying to see where we're going. Uh, so let's jump back. Episode 19. I missed ties of blood and water. Despite the remnants of pain and the revelation of betrayal, Kira tends to the dying Cardassian dissident to Kenny Gamore. I watched this episode going, Oh, this might actually be like super important to the rest of the show. Uh, this is kind of a follow-up to skin, second skin. Was that so, the episode? Yeah. Second yep. skin. It was a follow-up to the second skin, which by the way, we skipped. Oh, um, okay. That's good to know. It's a Kira episode and Matt doesn't like Kira episodes and it was really good, but doesn't do it. I mean, if yeah. you take second skin and, and this out, they don't, there's nothing right. I mean, that's it's, what it's, I saw. Yeah. That's what I realized after watching. Cause I like, I think I watched this one twice going, okay, is there something here? Cause I, it feels like it should be important to me. Yeah. But in the end, I don't think it is. I think the only thing this really does in any scope of anything is like, this is Ducat. Like we know he's evil again, you know, he's, yeah. he's the, the head of Cardassia, whatever. Right. But now not only is he evil, but he's arch, you know, like mm -hmm. he is so over the top right. now. And, but, but we're, we have two and a half more seasons of that to come. You don't need this one to get there. I'm with you on that. I'm going to just leave this one as a skip. I'm not even going to yeah. mention it. Uh, and then the next episode, this was the one I was saying earlier would be like a potential extra viewing because Matt loves Ferengi episodes. It even as Ferengi in the title, Ferengi love songs, episode 20 Quark returns to Ferenginar for maternal comfort and finds his mother's lover is none other than grand Nagus Zek. And he promptly uses their relationship to regain his business license. It's in conceivable <laughs> sorry I had, I had to get that in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no I, I uh i hate this episode um, 
I think this shows that the first, so gosh, I, I'm full of hot takes, I think today, but yeah. I'm all, I'm all for diversity. Right. And, sure. and all these great things. But I also think that there are some cultures that just aren't good cultures and we shouldn't celebrate them. And the Ferengi culture is one of them. Mm-hmm. And this proves it. What a, what a horrible, horrible culture. I mean, oh my gosh. And the, the stuff, that, and, and again, oh, hey, surprise, Quark's terrible. Oh, but at the end, he kind of comes around. Like, this is a theme this season where I'm yeah. this horrible, pro- oh, maybe I'm a little better. Maybe I've thought yeah. about it. Yeah. So, you I, know, I don't it's, know. it's interesting you say that. Like, I love the way that they play the Ferengi culture because by all accounts, you're 100% right. It, it, it's a whole, like the stuff that they do, the stuff that they say, it's horrible. But to them, like it's when they're culture. in their thing, it is their culture. Like, and it's legit. And th- like, there's real pathos behind the reasons they do things. And there's there's real, like, th- this isn't just male macho, whatever. Like, they have, they have moral reasons behind it. That actually, to them, while disgusting to you and me, is a, it's a moral thing, not just a, a getting one over. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as they talk about, you know, greed and, and acquisition and the accumulation of wealth and what that, that's more than just pure greed. It It's what it means and where it goes and the spiritual like it's almost spiritual to them in in some weird way that i think it's that whole itic thing again right like we don't understand it but we can accept that it's there even though it's gross and disgusting and you're never going to be a member of the federation but that's okay because you don't want to be so yeah well and really you know nog actually i forget what the great uh prophet continuum or whatever like they have their no the oh the the river of um Oh shoot! I can't remember. Yeah, it, there was a whole, it was is faith treachery and the great river of something, something. But yeah, but it, it it literally is spiritual, you right. know, for them, and they they go. So I mean, yeah, the point point taken on there, and yeah, I say it's terrible. But I'm saying that from my biased and privileged point of view from our, you know, our culture. But it's just like, oh my gosh, this is uh, yeah, this just it, I don't know. It just, well, I guess, yeah, but I guess, okay, here, here, here's my, my other side to it because Quark is kind of getting it right. And that's moving mm-hmm. things. We know where Ferengi culture goes, you know, mm-hmm. with, uh, with Rom at the end of all this, which is yeah. a complete pivot from where they yeah. are now. And, and it really is this, it's really yeah. this episode that starts moving things in that direction. Well, because it's, because Moogie, it's less Quark and it's Moogie gets involved with the leader of the Ferengi Alliance of all people. And he goes a little crazy. And there's even that episode where he tries to rewrite the, the rules of acquisition, uh-huh. you know? Um, and, and you're right. This goes all the way to the end. I don't know that that one moment with Rom at the end pays off to, to watch all these episodes, but that's where I like, I kind of hope Matt keeps picking this thread through extra viewing because I can't put it in the main run, but like it, it, it does pay off at the very end. As much as I sit and I watch this episode and I go, I don't know. When you, and you couple this with, um, you know, what we'll see here in a little bit with Rom and Lita, you know, and kind of the compromises that are made there with bringing two cultures together yeah. and stuff like it, it, it is, it's all part of a, part of a thing, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, kind of Quark's thing about, you know, the Federation and root beer, mm-hmm. you know, and that whole whole thing and how it's sweet and all that but it's like yeah but also it's not all bad and mm-hmm. we're going to infuse some of that into ferengi culture because right. of things that happened in this episode right yeah all right uh with that why don't we move to the final two episodes of the season then now we're back we're back i don't think i think we've caught up all the ones that i've missed and we um, can't mess with them here like it's yeah this is it's literally these last two so 
Okay, I I wanted to reverse the order on these. Uh, the the final episode is a call to arms. We're watching that one. Hundred percent. Um, and the only question I have is, is do I take call to arms and do I put that together with the time to stand, which is the premiere episode of season six, or do I let the two because they're not really a two parter, but they kind of are. Like this one definitely ends, and mm-hmm. then the next one definitely picks up, but they're not. They're totally threaded together but but, but I the also rest of deep space nine is threaded from here on out exactly if yeah. you're gonna it's almost if you're gonna put these together you're just watching the whole thing you know you go through and right. you pull your skips and you're doing everything else i think you know the ending of this one with the baseball right you know and and i love it's so well done where hey did he take everything of value and ducat knows and he picks it up he's like not everything mm-hmm. and then it just because he'll be back yeah and it's like yeah this is but that is that is an like really if the series ended right there right. there could have been a series of comic books and other stuff that came off like it's it is a conclusion sure in there and and then i think you know, I, I even think between it and the next one there's a period of months you know they, that, they say that it's been like three months yeah, like they say yeah. they acknowledge the break between seasons which yeah. i like when they do that because Kira comes back with like a whole like whole new haircut like drastically different yeah uh, and like i need the break to have that yeah um so okay so we'll not combine it with the next one yeah i think it's that's and it's gonna go in them. there's the rom and lita stuff in this there's the emissary stuff again with all of this which is great and it, it brings them because it's all about to it, it, all of these story threads the emissary the prophets the dominion the jim hadar oh. it's all starting to, to come together uh even the, the klingon stuff it's all coming together yeah and this is where the um oh the, the one earlier where um rapture yeah. right where just go like this is the payoff where he you know he has that moment where he's like we can get them to sign a non-aggression pact and mm-hmm. Wayun even backs it up they're in the ship you got damar and ducat and they're like hey now we're going to take back Tarek nor and then bajor and Wayun's like whoa 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 we signed a non-aggression pact we we will not be taking bajor mm-hmm. you know and it's like oh that's i mean that's cool right unexpected and cool but also like that like happened. wait the, the dominion actually honors its contracts like yeah, it, yeah. okay because here's the question that i come back to is the dominion really so bad to be a part of right like they like as long as you go along with them they seem pretty chill like mm-hmm. you know frankly as you study like earth history and these empires that ruled throughout you know history and and just you went from you know atlantic to pacific all the way across and you're like even the chinese like we'll let you be you just mm-hmm. pay some taxes and just be a part of our deal and we're good and we'll let you be like well and okay. honestly like i don't care let, let, let's, i mean that's not so different from today in the united states and stuff if right. you you go too far off the reser you know off the rails on this whole thing and they're gonna come and you know you're gonna have cops you're gonna have stuff like there are rules to society and if you follow those rules it's in the dominion in the united states and most places in today's world i mean good. do you as a, as a tax-paying citizen do you care if you pay it to the irs versus i don't know uh whoever collects taxes in england like right do i care no are you gonna let me be and let me do kind of what i normally do yeah sure i mean are you generally gonna give me good value for my tax dollar right cool all right there you go cool i mean now don't get me wrong i'm american i like the idea that we control the irs as a kind of yeah <laughs> like you know i i'm i'm glad for that don't don't hear me wrong i'm just saying you know if the dominion comes knocking on earth's door and you look at it and you go it might actually not be so bad you know yeah they'll let you be so anyway yeah uh 
so that one's definitely going to be in there. The one I really want to talk about, and I almost, and Jeff, I almost feel bad because I, I should have prepped you for this. I almost have to talk about this in light of what happens in season six. Mm-hmm. And it's the penultimate episode of the season, episode 25 in the cards. Now, the A plot of this whole episode is Jake and Nog go, you remember that episode they did way back in like season one where they kept trading stuff around? Right. They yep. do this again. They, it's the exact same plot line brought right back around the, the J Nog consortium. Yep. Or, or no J consortium or whatever it was. Um, it's that brought back around, but just trying to get a Willie Mays baseball card. And they wind up in a Jim Hadar interrogation room and, and all this sort of stuff. So, but here's what we get out of this episode that you may not see coming or somebody may not see coming. We get the introduction of Wayun, which we haven't got yet, which, which you get Wayun, you get how he's working with the, the Cardassians. Uh, you have all of that because we, like I said, we haven't seen that. And this actually sets up the, the politics of how all of this works, because when we get into season seven, or I'm sorry, season six, and all of a sudden Wayun just pops out, like, cause he's been there. Cause he has to those of us who've been watching every episode, mm-hmm. but without this episode, we really don't know who Wayun is. We don't know that he's a clone. We don't know that we don't know any of those things and we won't get those. And so there's a bit of me that like this sort of sets that up while on the surface, it's, it's, it's one of those child episodes. Like the, the a plot is not, would not be what gets it into the show, but as much as the other stuff. And I'm just wondering, is there enough with other episodes that we get maybe out of season six, season seven to offset that? Or is this, we kind of need to watch this one to know what's happening in the world out there. So I think this is one of my favorite episodes of Deep Space Nine. It's I a love fun episode. episode. Yeah, it's hilarious, but it's also darkly serious. Yeah. You know, so the episode starts with everybody just hanging out, being like, "Wow, this sucks. Yeah. Things are horrible." And, and and even Cisco, like he's cooking them dinner, you know, mm-hmm. and, and trying to trying to bring everybody together. And uh, I did an ep- I did one of my episodes on this recently, so I have like the whole riff ready to go. But it's like he's trying to you know give them a, a thing to come together on or whatever. But even he's not in it. He's just like, well, right. yeah. And Jake sees this and he's like, I have to fix it. Nog is the one, you know, so they do the whole get the Willie Mays card and whatever. But they, what, what I love about this episode is what uh, Nog calls incentive based economics, where in order for them to get what they want, they have to help other people get what they want. So we meet Kukalaka, right? Bashir's teddy bear. They have to go steal Kukalaka from Lita to get him back so they can get bioneural gel or whatever to give to uh, O'Brien who needs it all. That's just all this stuff that needs to happen. And it's mm-hmm. fun. But what it shows is that despite everything that's going down, everything that's wrong, this is a unit. This is a team. And you know, that the, they are a, a crew mm-hmm. and with the right motivation in place, they're able to do anything. You know, he brightened Jake brightens the day at the end. It's, it's so great. And then just, <laughs> stuff with Wayun and the guy who's trying to beat death and oh, it's, yeah. it's hilarious but I think you're right I think what it sets up throughout the rest of the series and even what it what it sets up uh just in the following episode called the arms where Jake stays on the station like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier he's asserting in a way his own decision making in adulthood you know in doing this and trying to solve a problem I can do this thing right in, yeah so I think yeah, it's I think, I think it's a watch right I do. I do. I have one, I have one big complaint with this episode. Okay. And so, uh, you know, Jake's trying really hard to hide from Cisco, what he's doing rightly. So, uh-huh. and so they get caught, you know, they end up, um, he ends up 
telling off Kai Wynn in the middle of the, of the corridor, gets him in front of Benjamin, and you know he, he he starts yelling at him. Jake makes up a story about how they went to Quarks and they got drunk, mm-hmm. and Cisco lays into him, mm-hmm. just lays into him, and screams one of his iconic "dismissed" right, and goes out. And it what and this is I mean it's not episode related. This is just Jeff Aiken stuff. But I'm like in the 24th century when you're looking at substances and drugs and alcohol and a child essentially a juvenile coming up and telling you that they just abused drugs and that's your response oof that is not a future i would look forward to is that's he a child though is he a child well, i mean this is your child who just turned 21 okay maybe 18 but like not really a child but he is it's still right. your child like yeah and i think that's the thing it's if i come if, if my child was to come to me and say, Hey dad, like I, I screwed up and did this cause I got drunk and I'm 18 or whatever. Yeah. My reaction cannot be reading her the riot act and screaming at her because now she's never going to come to me with anything again. Right? right. Like I've closed that. I've locked that door. But if I go in with empathy and I ask questions and I listen and I redirect and, and Cisco to this point has been such a great father figure until this moment where I'm just like, Oh dude, mm-hmm. this is, I mean, it's just a moment and it's not material to the episode in any way, but just looking at it through a lens of, you know, drug and alcohol and recovery mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm just like, wow, this was a, it was a big misstep right here, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it's in. Oh, you watched. Yeah. Yeah. Be watched. I, I think it's, it's gotta be in. And, uh, you ever think you'd see that, that spot when Ben Cisco wasn't a good father at a moment. Right. Uh, well, you know, but I think that kind of happens a little bit now because it's not only do they have the war and all this stuff going on, but also like Jake is becoming his own person. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's already staked his own claim as a writer instead of going to Starfleet and right. that whole he's dealing with that thing. All parents do where like my kid's not going to be the person that I am and dealing with that. So, yeah, I mean, it's not that moving forward, he's got bad parent moments, but he mm-hmm. definitely has where he doesn't shine as as he really has for the last five you know five years on this show right well there it is uh so i'm gonna put it in all right that's it that's season five that's where we go let me recap and and i'll I'll give us a chance if you want to if you want to make a bid for moving one up or down one way or the other here'll be your chance but let me let me recap in our watch category we've got apocalypse rising which will be combined with broken link we've got troubles and trials and tribulations we have the begotten the one where odo becomes a changeling again for the uniform because it sets up cisco's character and informs future decisions in purgatory shadow and by inferno's light because it is dr bashir because it sets up bashir and future decisions soldiers of the empire because it sets up martok and Worf and jadzia and future decisions and in the cards because it sets up Wayun and honestly Jake and Nog in future decisions. I think we're setting up future decisions in uh-huh. this season, Jeff. And then a call to arms because I mean, frankly, a call to arms is the start of the Dominion War. Like it is the official war is started, and boom, here we go, and we're mining the wormhole and all that bad stuff's happening. So, yep. uh, that's our watch and our extra viewing. We've got looking for Parmok in all the wrong places, the assignment, things past, the ascent, the rapture, ties of blood and water, Ferengi love songs, Impact Nor, and Blaze of Glory, and we're just going to skip and not really even mention the ship nor to the battle strong let he use without sin a simple investigation business as usual and children of time jeff does all that sound good to you or do you want to make a case for moving one up or down in one category or another i guess sounds great i think we've got a really good watch list i think that's a good watch list this is nine this is a lot of lot of episodes for a particular yeah. season uh yeah. t- typically we're around that eight seven mark getting over eight is like that's that's, that's uh that's a lot of episodes because i still 
in the season. There like is. it's so it's pivotal. There it's, is. Yeah. I'm you know, I gotta tell you, I'm doing this with Voyager as well right now. Um I knew Deep Space Nine would be the tricky one. Yeah. But like with Voyager, because that there were parts of Voyager where I was like, man, we're gonna have like two or three episodes a season and just move on. It's not. And no. and with Voyager right now, I'm looking at the season four, season five, this okay, what am I following uh uh seven story? Am I what story am I actually what are what are we trying to build here? What's actually really important? What can be skipped? And I'm finding more to watch in Voyager than I ever thought I would. And I th- like I thought these these larger seasons of Deep Space Nine would be offset by smaller seasons in the other series, <laughs> not just Voyager, oh. but like even Enterprise. Like I'm thinking ahead to Enterprise right now. I'm going, what really needs to be watched out of Enterprise? And I don't know. I haven't got there yet. I haven't started that rewatch just yet. Um, you know, but uh, yeah. And then and then how am I? I don't know how we're going to handle discover like New Trek. Like uh, yeah, you know that's where I landed with my show is I. Just like I have to do all of them and I have to do them in order. I yeah. like, so I have, I have a random generator that picks up sticks uh-huh. L spread that pulls it up. And I got, I went from episode one mm-hmm. of discovery to episode 10 and 10 is when they end up, I think it was 10, mm-hmm. but they end up in the mirror universe. Mm-hmm. And I literally started recording. I'm just like, okay, so let's uh, set the table on what's happened. And I got like three minutes and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going back to, to the, I have to do this in order. I would spend longer telling people what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> than what's happening on this whole thing. Yeah. yeah it's going to be for you. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting. And I don't know, because honestly we may get to nemesis and then call like, there's, there's a definite endpoint with the show for Matt. Like I, we may get to em- nemesis and I just go, okay, Matt go. Um, and it may be like, uh, like when he came down and did firefly with me, like we, what we did the whole season and then we mm-hmm. recorded a show about it. Like it may be that kind of a, like, all right, we're going to watch their smaller seasons. So it's doable. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna watch one season and then we'll talk about it. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not there yet. And it kind of depends on like, if we're getting to like episode 175 by the time we get there, which we may, uh, yeah. you know, and I don't, maybe I'll give it up to Matt. I'll let Matt decide how he wants to do it. I don't know. Uh, my whole, I'm done. I'm done. I well, can't take it. anymore. Well, no, but here's the thing. Like when I first set out doing the show and, and planning it out, new Trek didn't exist. That's how long the show's been in my brain. Like new Trek did not exist. So all I had was up through nemesis. That was it. And then the JJ movies, that's all I had. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes, but Jeff, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me for the last two hours, almost here. As we talk about deep space nine, parsing this out, because this is a tough road to hoe by myself. And it's so helpful to have other like-minded people who get it, who understand what these episodes are about. And honestly, who just like talk stock and star Trek. Um, seriously, tell us one more time about Starfleet leadership Academy, where folks can find you and, and just, you know, go ahead and plug all of that and let people know where they can get in touch with you. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So the Starfleet Leadership Academy, leadership development podcast told through the lens of Star Trek available wherever you get podcasts out there in the world. You can go to starfleetleadership.academy or jeffaken.com for the website. And then I'm on all the social media at Jeff T. Aiken. That's Jeff T. is in Tarkalian, A-K-I-N. All right. Uh, Well, Jeff, once again, thank you so much. Uh, That's really going to do it for us. And that's going to do it for everything we've got going on here with Beam Me Up, a Star Trek podcast. Hey, you guys, listen, buckle in because we're getting ready to start this whole new run, this whole new season of Beam Me Up. And Matt is in for a wild ride. I don't know. I know he has an inkling. He has an inkling of what's coming up, but I don't know that he really knows what we're getting ready to get into. And oh, yeah, by the way, we're mixing this in with Voyager and the movies as they come out. So we'll see how it goes. We'll take it. But until next time, guys. Live long and prosper.